I want to talk to you tonight about it's up to you. And, yeah, it's up to you is the title. And I want, I'd like to look at Matthew 16, 17, 18, 19. He just got nominated. <laughs> and he's got thumbs up. That's awesome. Matthew 16, 17, uh, 18, and 19. This basically is just um, Jesus is asking, who do, the, who do you say that I am? I'm not going to read it all just for the sake of time. Skipping down to 19. Uh, well, let's do 18. He says, I tell you, you are Peter. On this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. They will not overpower um, and then verse 19, it says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind or declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose or declare lawful uh, on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. So how many believe that we are already in the kingdom of God? Only one. <laughs> How many believe we're already in the kingdom of God? When we've accepted Jesus into our heart, we've become, we've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen? Jesus said that the kingdom of God is within you. And so it's not something that we have to wait till we get to the kingdom in heaven. The kingdom is within us. And so Jesus made that clear. And so when we un have an understanding that the kingdom of God is within us, then he in this scripture has given us keys. How many have keys to your car? We keys to our house. And there's purpose for keys. Keys denote access, they denote use, and they denote control. Now, the word control has gotten a bad rap <laughs> because I'm not talking about controllers or controlling, but we are to have control in our lives. And Jesus said, I'm giving you the keys, and those keys are to bind and to loose. Binding and loosing. And it's and he says, I'm giving it to you. We don't have to wait on him to do it. We don't have to wait on an anointing. We don't have to wait on spiritual chill bumps. We don't have to wait on anything. He's given us the keys and the authority to do what we need to do on the earth. Amen? You know, one of the things that I have done with my own life and I've utilized the keys is I've done that with my family. I have bound the will of God to my family's life, my kids, my husband, so that they don't get away from it, that they follow after the plan of God all the days of their life. And because the enemy will try to come in and divert, but we believe that the power of God is available when we bind the will of God to their lives. Now, we can bind the enemy. We can, uh, when there's things that are coming against us, we can say, I bind you. You have no place in my life. We can lose things. We can lose angels. We can lose the power of God. We can lose the anointing. There's different things that we can lose. I don't want to go into all that, but I want to just, I just want to make clear that we have the power. We have been given the authority. Jesus gave us the keys to bind and to loose. Everybody agree with me? All right. So I, I've heard Brother Keith talk about this. He talks about how people say, they call it a, a no-fault religion. Have you ever heard of anybody say, it's not my fault? You know, they, they basically say, no matter, no matter what happens, it's not my fault. You know, it's just how I was raised or what happened in my past or this produced this in me, and so it's not my fault. Whatever happens, happens. Que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. Or they blame the devil. The devil 
And that's why I said I'm not going to give him any glory, but we do need to be aware of his devices. Blame the devil. It's the devil's fault. I'm under attack. The devil's doing this. The devil's doing that. I'm not saying that we don't have attacks. I'm not saying that there aren't, there aren't things that, that come to us that we need to be aware of. But we need to know that we don't always blame the devil. We don't always blame our past because God has given us the power and the authority to deal with things. It's up to you. It's up to you how you're going to work with your life and what God's given you to do it with. Amen? We don't just float through and just say, well, you know, and a lot of people <clears throat> rely on the sovereignty of God and say, well, if God wants to heal me, he will. If God wants this to happen, it will. But we know what the will of God is. What is the will of God? The will, his will is his word, and his word speaks to us when we get into it. And the word of God says that I am healed. I was healed. If I was healed, then I am healed. How many believe that? How many believe healing is for you today? It's, it's not a thing of the past. It's for us now. I believe that we're to be prosperous and blessed, that Jesus took all those things. He, was, he, he took everything on the cross so that I wouldn't have to. And so we can take authority over poverty, over lack. When we do our confession over our tithes and our offerings, I speak over those things. I speak over them and in, in over our whole church, and I send out ministering angels to go forth and bring in the increase into this house for every household here. Thank you, God, for witty ideas. Thank you for increase, surprises. Everything that you have for us, God, is for us to take, but we need to be able to access it in the spirit. We have to go collect our harvest. Amen? We're planting seed, but we have to be harvesters. You believe that? You believe that? <laughs> okay, so... We have to stay in the word. We have to keep the word in our hearts so that we have an understanding of what is ours and what we have authority over. Do you believe that? Amen. We don't just accept whatever comes our way. This is just this must just be, you know, seed that I've sown in the past, whatever. And there are some of those things that happen, but I believe that when we're seeking after God, when we're following after his will, when we're in the word of God, we're repentive that there's a place for us to be able to live in a place of blessing and not a cursing. Amen? God wants us to be blessed. So we have authority over the enemy. There's, there's, uh, I remember Brother Higgin, his vision, I think you shared, with, shared it recently. He was trying to talk to Jesus. He'd had a vision of Jesus, and Jesus was talking to him, and there was a devil or a demon in between um, making a noise, and he said, I can't hear you. He was... You know, and he kept talking to him, and he just couldn't hear. And, you know, man, it would make me mad if I was having a vision of Jesus and I couldn't hear him. Wouldn't that make you mad? <laughs> and the devil just kept, the demon kept saying yakety-yak or whatever he was saying. And finally, uh, I think Brother Hagin said, uh, in the name of Jesus, I command you to shut up so I can hear. And Jesus said to him, I was just waiting on you to do that. And he said, well, why didn't you do it? And he said, I couldn't do it. He said, wait, I, I don't think I heard you right. You said I, I wouldn't so that you could, right? No, he said, no, I can't. I couldn't do it because I've given you the authority. I've given you the keys to take authority over the enemy. And he said, wait a minute, I need some word. He's telling Jesus this. I need some word to back that up. And so he gave him James 4, that you resist the devil and he will flee. He didn't say Jesus resists the devil. He said, you resist the devil. You resist the devil. I had an opportunity to resist the devil today. 
There were some things coming against me in my life, and I said, I resist you, devil. You have no place in my house, in Jesus' name. And then um, uh, James, James 4, and then Ephesians 4, 27 says, give him no opportunity. Give no place. You resist the devil, and he will flee. It's not God doing it. It's under our control. It's our ability to do it. So how many know Mark 11, 23, and 24? We probably can quote that one pretty well. It says, truly, I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says, what he says will take place, it will be done for him. So is this, a, is this something that you're praying to Jesus about? No. You're, it's, you're saying something to something, right? There's a directive here. You're saying something to something. So today, my arm was hurting me, and I said, Pain, leave in Jesus' name. I'm tired of dealing with this. And I'm telling you, it's much better already. I'm already starting to, I was telling Pastor Steve, I may have to go, you know, I don't know what to do. It's been bothering me since last September. And I just got tired of it. You know, sometimes it, it takes us a while to get figure it out. We just have to get tired of it enough. <laughs> but I think it was, was it Peter's, uh, I think it was Peter's mother-in-law. She had a fever and Jesus spoke to the fever and the next scripture on says that the fever left. And so do you suppose that maybe fever has ears to hear, that it can hear what you're saying? Do you suppose maybe cancer can hear? Do you suppose maybe pain can hear you? Do you suppose maybe discouragement has ears to hear? Maybe anxiety, fear, worry, frustrations, all these things have ears to hear. And they're the mountains that we're supposed to be speaking to, discouragement. Do you suppose that maybe there's some things in our life that we need to see, that we need to call in, that we need to loose? So I loose joy in my house. I loose peace in my house. I thank you, Father, that the enemy is under my feet. Instead of entertaining it and talking about it and focusing on it and analyzing it and trying to figure out why I feel the way I do, and what happened, and what ha somebody did this to me, and, and now I'm feeling like this, and I'm overwhelmed. And we get into analyzing things so much so that we get into a place where we're just kind of in a pit. You know, and I think that's leaning on the understanding. The Holy Spirit's really been dealing with me on this he, and, and talking to me about it a lot, about how, you know, our society is leaning so much on what they think they know. And most of it is a bunch of bunk. <laughs> a lot of it is, is garbage and lies, right? And so could it be that we're supposed to be leaning more on what the Holy Spirit wants to tell us, what he wants to lead us in, that we can be spirit-led, spirit-taught, that we have a guide on the inside, that we can listen to what he's saying, because he's the one that's supposed to be bringing us comfort. He's the one that's supposed to be bringing us uh, 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 What's the word? He's our advocate. He's, he's bringing us strength. He's bringing us direction. He's the one that can correct things on the inside of us without us even having to go through some silly stuff if we'll listen. But I don't think we have ears to hear sometimes because our ears are so tuned in to the world and what the world is saying right now and our emotions and what our emotions are saying. And, you know, we are a three-part being. We're a tripart being. And it takes that tripart to fix the tripart. It takes the spirit man, it, and then there's some physical things we need to do. You can't just, you know, I love what Mac Hammond said last week. He was speaking on wisdom, 
And he said, you can't just expect wisdom to come for the spiritual things, uh, uh, for, for physical things, if you're not doing what it takes to make some steps, take some steps towards getting some things right. You can't be eating a bunch of donuts and saying, Lord, help me with my cholesterol. You know, I mean, there's some things you got to correct. You can't be sitting around meditating on negative things and saying, Lord, take away this depression in Jesus' name. That's foolishness, presumption. That there's steps that we have to take to walk in wisdom, and it's three parts. There's things we do in the natural with our spirit. There's things uh, with our, our mind, our emotion. You can't sit around and listen to uh, bad music, country music, you know, and sorry, those who like country music. You know, the kind that talks about, you know, eating crackers in bed and they left me and boo-hoo, I'm sad. I'm not talking about all country, but I'm just saying, well, I don't know if there's a whole lot of good country, but anyways. <laughs> any, kind of, any kind of music, I'll put it like that, across the board, that has negativity in it, that's talking about something about loss or heartache or whatever, and then expect to be, you know, your heart not heavy the next day. Watching bad movies. Man, I'm so sensitive to movies. There's cer certain movies I can't even, I can't go there. I can't watch anything with children. You know, all that stuff, it's just my spirit grabs a hold of it, and it's like, forget it. I can't, I know where my boundaries lie, so I just don't even go there. And we shouldn't anyways as Christians, right? We need to put a guard up around our hearts, protect. That's the reason why that word says that. You know, another thing, though, is we can self-meditate. We can be sitting around. You know, you're thinking all the time whether you realize it or not. You're right. <laughs> so you might as well be thinking on something good. And, you know, the Word talks about, about what we're supposed to think about. You can't just, you know, the world wants us to, to meditate on, you know, the universe and empty out your, your mind and just be one with the universe. Well, you know why the devil wants you to empty out your mind? Because he wants to entertain and fill it up with something stupid. And, the, and Jesus, God never said, empty your mind out. He said, I want you to meditate on this. Think on these things. There are some things we're supposed to be thinking about, not just emptiness, not empty-headed. That's why the world runs to drugs and alcohol, because they want to just not cope anymore. So they just, you know, it's a way of me just not thinking. I just want to just, you know, dope out and just sit around and just feel good. And your mind is empty, and guess what? Before you know it, you're entertaining some thoughts and things. The spirits will come in and, and, and come in heavy. And what's that scripture where Jesus talked about um, the, the empty house and it'll come back seven times stronger? It's really important that what you're meditating on. And don't just sit around muttering and thinking about negative things because I'm telling you what, you're entertaining devils like that, you're going to have major problems before you know it. It's really important what we're meditating and not what we're just what we're meditating, but what we're muttering. That's what meditation is. It's muttering. It's saying something. So what are we talking about? What, are we, what, are we, what is our focus on? What is our meditation on? And I, I just want to say it's real important that we're careful about political things that we're taking in and news and all the stuff. I don't, I don't even watch it anymore. I don't even know what's going on too much, but I flip through stuff real quick because I don't want to see it anymore. It's just garbage. Because what it does is you think you're just flipping through it. But this is, the, this is the window to your heart here. 
these eyes are the window to your heart. And so whatever you're taking in here is going right into your heart. And it's either bringing some, some truth and bringing you some direction in your life, or it's causing deception and it's causing you to move away from the truth. And it's slowly turning you away from what, where your security lies. It's slowly turning you away from, from the people in your life that God has put there on purpose to help secure you into your, into your purpose and into your future. It slowly pulls you away from what God has ordained for you to be, where he's ordained for you to be. It's sticking lies in there, making you think, I don't know if I like that. And before you know it, you start talking about it to somebody else, and I don't like it either. And before you know it, you got a whole, whole bunch of lies just stirred up, and the enemy's like, you need to go. You need to do something else. You need to divorce that man because he's a terrible person. You need to divorce that woman. And I'm not, I'm not coming against anybody that's gone through a divorce, but I'm just saying this is how it sneaks in, these thoughts. So how, how it happens with churches, thoughts. People start meditating on the wrong things and start talking about the wrong things. And, man, deception comes in, and it changes how you see. It changes how you hear. It changes your perceptions. Everything we do is based on perceptions, and your perceptions can be changed by the truth of the word, or it can be changed by the deception of the world. And so it's really important that we're staying on that straight and narrow path. There's a wide way, many that find the wide way, but few are those who are finding the narrow way. You know why it's so narrow? Because it takes discipline. It takes discipline. It takes a strong soldier to be able to make it to the other side of the war. It takes a strong soldier to be able to follow his commander-in-chief and hear his voice so well and understand the instructions so that you're just flowing and going with where he wants you to be because that's where your protection lies. Because you're getting off on the, on the sidelines and because you're distracted by Somebody else, ha something happening over here and a noise over here and everything's noisy and you're, and you're just following after all those noises when the straight and narrow is right in front of you and you just got to keep your hand on the wheel and be listening to the, your master's voice to get to the end of the race. I want to encourage us, because um, I'm speaking from experience, <laughs> do not get distracted by the enemy's voices. And there are voices there are many voices. I'm totally off my notes, sorry. <laughs> Praise God. Many are praying when you should be saying something to your mountain. I'm not coming against praying. We want to pray. But you need to be saying something. And your, your, your mountain needs to hear your voice. Your body needs to hear your voice. I said it out loud. Pain, leave me in Jesus' name. Pain, leave me. You know, whatever it is that you're going through, you need to speak it out. And, you know, I believe that, it, you know, it, I know sometimes you're like, okay, well, it didn't happen the first time. Oh, it didn't happen the second time. Well, do we just give up or we just continually apply the word of God? We continually apply the word of God and believe that we are the healed in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Because the enemy is going to try to get us off course. He doesn't want us to receive. Praise God. So, number you have control over your mind. You have control over your mind. You believe you have control over your mind? It's just kind of like the remote. When I sit down and when we go to, uh, when we go up to the mountains uh, with his parent at his, his dad's house, and uh, we have one family member that likes to control the remote, regardless, <laughs> regardless of what everyone else is watching, 
one person will come in and grab the remote and turn it without any even asking, what are you, were you watching that? No, they just come in and, and turn it. Makes me so mad. Oh. And I just say, okay, Lord, I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to walk in love. But you know what? You have control over your mind just like you have. he has control over that remote. If there's something that's going on up here that you don't like, you just turn the channel. You just change directions. You just start saying something else. Start saying something about what God says about you. Amen? It's as easy as that. You control you. Not your circumstances. Not your past. Not your future. Not your money or the lack thereof. Not your body. You control you. All right. I'm skipping over a bunch of stuff. Okay. So Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, my brethren, whatever is true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You could just take one of these. You don't even have to remember all of them. You could just say, whatever is true or whatever is praiseworthy. Whatever is praiseworthy, that's what I'm supposed to meditate on. So last week when we were at the meetings, um, I got they sat me next to uh, Dr. Avery Jackson. I don't know if any, anyone ever heard of him. He's spoken a few times at, at uh, their meetings. And all I have was dollar bills to use as bookmarkers. You like that? But anyway, <laughs> so uh, I was talking with his wife about some things, and, and they have a program. I'll have to find out all the details on it. But he's a neurologist, and he really stood up uh, in the middle of COVID and, and made some stands, stands about some things and gave people al alternative ways of healing um, without having to receive injections and different things. And so um, he was very much an advocate for helping people through it with natural means and uh, very much opposed to some other things. But anyway, I, I really like this couple. They're, they're wonderful but I wanted to read to you, um, let's see if I can find it here. Okay. I think I put it in my notes. Let me see. Yes. Uh, this is what he said about worship. And he's talking about the mind. He said, you are equipped with the most powerful healing capacity there is. Having authority and faith in God's promises and praising him leads you to healing. When we praise God, we forget all the difficult things going on in our lives. Our focus changes from thoughts of death to powerful affirmations full of life. The simple act of praising, praising God, has healing properties because it changes our focus and splices his word of life and hope to destroy any destructive thoughts, which then consumes the death-filled thoughts. It consumes the death-filled thoughts. Once the negative thoughts are consumed, only life is left. Our thoughts are transformed. I thought that was so powerful. So there is so, you know, we talk about there's power in our praise. We, we probably only focus on the spiritual aspect of that, but there is a natural power in your praise. And he talks a lot about the, hoopo, what is it called? The hoopo, hoopo campus. I'm going to read this to you too because it's so powerful. He's talked about, your brain, no, 
your brain's frontal lobe, uh, stick with me because this is really good info. Your brain's frontal lobe analyzes the input that, that enters you through your five senses. The information travels to the hypothalamus, the master gland. Based on input from the frontal lobe, the hypothalamus activates the nervous system, the endocrine, endocrine system, inflammatory pathways, and the immune system. Worry occurring when the frontal lobe sets the hypothalamus on a trajectory that activates cortisol release, cortisol release and adrenaline and inflammatory pathways, placing a person in survival mode. When doubt, fear, or worry occupy our thoughts for long periods of time, our brains can become stuck in this mode. This leads to emotional brain tissue and body tissue destruction. Maybe if you could just think about this when you're thinking on negative thoughts. <laughs> There's a physical reason why I don't need to be doing this. Okay, positive God thoughts, however, set the hypothalamus on a different trajectory that signals the rest of the body's system to create a healing and repairing environment. Your body was created to repair itself. This, in turn, orchestrates the immune pathways to secrete growth factors such as insulin-like growth factor. It's called IGF. Isn't that amazing? It is possible because our loving, gracious God created us in his image, and because he loves us, he built in mechanisms to heal our imperfect earthly bodies, which my pastor calls earth suits. As discussed later, the stem cells in our bodies can have a regenerative or reparative function. These same cells, however, can be a destructive force that can act negatively on our own brains and bodies within milliseconds if we allow worry, chronic anger, or self-destructive thoughts to oppress us. We were meant to think positively. We were meant to think positively, <laughs> both with self-love and love for our neighbors. This love creates the God environment within us and around us. Don't you love that? The God environment. God is love, literally. God put these stem cells and signals in each of us. He formed us with them when we, we were two cells old. Wow. He knew our bodies would have to endure injury and a need and need a healing process, their original purpose. This demonstrates his love for us. Isn't that awesome? So I want to encourage you that your thoughts are important, that it's important what you're filling your mind with. You are thinking on something at all times. Put a check. You know, I, I like what, I think it was Casey Treat said this, that every mind needs to have a bouncer on either side to, so when the thought comes in, if it's a good thought, come on in. If it's a bad thought, you can't come in. You're not allowed. Isn't that good? It's important that we're thinking on good things and that we're thinking on the word of God, especially because it will change. And, and Joshua said to meditate on his word day and night. God would not have had that verse written in there had he not thought we could do it. It is possible. You can take one scripture and meditate on it throughout the day. One scripture can just bring you light. You can bring one scripture for a whole week, one scripture for a whole month. What is it that you need change in in your life? Find the word of God. When people call me and say, would you pray with me over this, this, I'll say, what scripture are you standing on? Because if you're not finding a scripture for your problem, why is it my responsibility to find it for you? You need to be responsible for your own thinker and your own feeler and find what it is that you need an answer in, in the word. Find the answer in the word and apply it. How do we apply it? 
We apply it with our words. We apply it with our meditation. Whatever is coming, is thinking in here is going to come out of here. And what you meditate on and what you talk about is what's magnified in your life. Amen? And what you behold in your life, in your mind, is what you become. So I, this, this, one of these, I forget who was that said this. And of course, we've said it before too. But if you need change in your life physically, let's say healing, Start imagining, I think it was Mac Hammond, he talked about the mind, I, I mentioned it, the mind, the word friend, P-H-R-E-N, uh, it actually means imagination. So God gave you an imagination for you to start thinking about things that you, you can stand on the word and see in your life. So he's created your body to heal itself. So start imagining yourself, if you need healing in your body, start seeing yourself doing things you couldn't do before. Start seeing yourself, and I know this is easy for me to say, I'm doing it right now. I can only see you through one eye. <laughs> I'm imagining myself completely healed because this eye is giving me trouble. But I believe that I'm healed in Jesus' name. So I'm imagining myself right now completely restored. It's got to go. It's going to go. It's going. And I believe that I've received my healing in Jesus' name. Actually, it's clearing up as I'm speaking. So I'm just saying, start seeing yourself different. As a man thinks, so is he. How are you going to think about yourself right now? What do you need to see changed in your life? Do you need wisdom? The Word of God talks about wisdom. That's a whole other teaching. But if you need wisdom, the Word says to ask for it. The Word says that wisdom is the principal thing. I believe it's in Proverbs 4, 7. Principal thing, not love, not faith, but wisdom. We need wisdom to know how to apply the Word of God. We don't know everything. Don't let it be a has-been. I've done this already. I've not received it. I don't know. Let it be fresh every day. Our, our, our walk and our relationship with him should be fresh every day. There's new mercies. There's new grace. And there's newness of life in him every day. This is what I was encouraging our prayer group about is don't let, you know, the same old thing be the same old thing. What is God saying to you about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 today? Because there's something new in there that you haven't seen before. I guarantee it. He'll show us new things each and every day. Praise God. All right, there's some other stuff I wanted to read to you because this is so good. So I do want to tell you this, this. You know, back when I was talking about making sure that your mind is filled with the right thing and not just sitting around just with an empty, trying to empty it out and be whatever, the the devil wants you to relinquish your mind. He's after your mind. And so that's why it's important that we're covering our mind with the blood of Jesus. If you, if you recognize in the word, we become a new creature in Christ. But then the word says to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word of God tells us exactly. You've got this going for you, but this is not going to go for you until you renew it and make a change. Otherwise, you're going to be transformed. You are going to conform to the world. There's too much going on in this world to pull us into it. It's the fall, the fallenness of this world pulling us into it unless we are in that place where we are renewing our mind. And it's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. How many remember what you, what you read two days ago? Probably not. I mean, you might have a gist of something. But because our mind has to be renewed at all times, it has to hap happen every day so that we can become more aware of what God's word says for us, his promises, what they are for us on a day-to-day -day basis. Amen. So let me read this to you. Do you guys like this book? 
I think it's really amazing. Okay, so this is the part about wisdom. Wisdom comes from above. As humans, we tend to assess situations based on the physical appearance of systems, actions, or a state of being. This is limiting in general, but it is especially so when people make suppositions based on their experience or the experience of others and accept it as the final truth. You guys following? We are finite beings who can use reasoning based only on our physical senses. Reasoning based only on our physical senses. And I think some people that lean more towards cerebral ways, we can do this sometimes. We, I'm just saying all of us because we're all cerebral here, but um, we can have a tendency to lean on those physical senses for information and we analyze it in snapshots of time. We often base our interpretation of an event or a story on a glimpse of a situation, and then we jump into a conclusion that is far from the truth. How many have ever done that? Somebody's telling you something, and you don't listen to the whole thing, and, oh, you've already decided what the answer is. You haven't fully listened th throughout to the whole thing. And we do it to each other all the time, I believe. This method seems reasonable, but that's because we assume that our snapshot of the event is accurate. We conform all other thoughts so that assumed foundation which is usually limited to the physical being, it rarely includes the mind or the spirit, which is connected to the Holy Spirit, the only one who sees the whole truth. So you can see how there's such a fallacy in us leaning on our own understanding, leaning on our own perceptions, leaning on what we think is right. Romans 8, 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace. You are healed in Jesus' name. We speak to that right now. <laughs> it has to go. So, again, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. It is life or death for us. We have to lean on the mind of the Spirit. They war against one another. The Word says that the mind of the flesh is an enmity. It's an enemy against God. And so we have to be leaning on the mind of the Spirit. How do we develop that mind? We get in the Word. We stir ourselves up on our most holy faith. We pray in the Holy Ghost every day because there's something that's happening when you're praying in the Spirit, and I'm hoping everybody here does because it gets rid of the junk. It's kind of like a, a, a rotor rooter. It gets rid of the stuff. It helps get those things out, and then it establishes your way. It helps establish your eyes to see things the way God sees them. It helps your spirit awaken to what God's saying. Right? Have you guys witnessed this in your own life? So it'll be torment to your soul, and it'll be control of your mind if you give way to uh, meditating on the wrong things, on, on the negative things. So we all know this scripture in 2 Corinthians 10.5. It talks about casting down vain imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. What is the knowledge of Christ? It's what is the truth of the word of God. What comes in line with what the word of God says. So if some thought comes to me about, you know, I think the biggest problem that we have is self-degradation, self-inflictions, <laughs> self uh, not accepting who we are, always wanting to be better, always thinking that we need to uh, attain some level, always reaching. And, and, you know, there's a good side to that where God's put something inside of us to always be reaching forward to the prize. But then there's also another side where we just need to be happy with who we are, who God's made us to be. Amen? 
We have to be content. You know, Paul said, I've learned to be a base and I've learned to abound. I've learned to be ba back in this place where I'm needing more, but I've also learned to abound. There's, we need to be happy with wherever we are. There's always going to be some discontentment inside of us to want more because that's a human nature. And I believe there's probably some spiritual aspect to it, too, where we're always reaching for him, striving for, for him. But what does the word say? When we're weak, he is strong. When we're weak, he is strong. So even in our lack of ability, in our lack to attain some level, our lack of, I don't know, whatever it is that you're uh, achieving, wanting to achieve in your life, um, it's not so much that you're not able to, but you need to be at peace with where you are. Amen? I, I like what, um, I'm thinking about what Joel said last week, Joel Sims. He talked about how when... Um, when they send off the rocket into this, you know, the, the, what's it called? The spaceship. And it has that part on the bottom that enables it to go up. He said once it gets up there, there's purpose in that part that goes up. But then if they don't get rid of that part that gets it up, then it'll cause it to fall back down. So there's purpose in releasing some things that might have been in your past. Because if you hang on to what enabled you to go up the first time, it might actually be the default that will bring you down. Because there's something else God wants to do. He has, his mercies are new every morning. And he wants to show us new things every day. And it's like, God, what's fresh for me today? What do you have for me today? Well, I know there's, there's new strength. There's new mercy. There's new grace. There's new abilities. There's newness of life for me. There's, there's, there's fresh oil. There's a new anointing if I want it. There's no limits. Take the limits off of God. Take the limits off of God. Don't lean on your past successes or failures to get you into your future because there's something more that he has for us. We need to reach forward and not continually be holding backwards on what God has already done, but what does he want to do for us now? Amen. There's a place for our mind to stay. It's in perfect peace. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Because why? Because we trust in him. And if we're not in peace, then perhaps we have not been stayed on him. Perhaps we're looking at things around us and we're preoccupied with some, some other, other thoughts. I had an opportunity today. I got a text. <laughs> uh, no laughing. And... Um, this text actually made me, I don't deal with a, a lot of major anxiety, but this text kind of made my head spin. I was like, oh my goodness, what next? <laughs> and and uh, this person and I talked later, and it was a total mistake, but it was one of those things is like, oh my goodness, you know, and it brought so much, I, I realized it was anxiety. I'd never really felt it like that before. And it made me feel bad for people that deal with it like that all the time. Because I was like, whoa, that's what that feels like. But you know what I started to do? I started praying in the Holy Spirit. And peace came. And I was able to release it. We have a, a, a way of escape. That place in the Spirit we can go to when we're feeling overwhelmed. Are y'all hot? No? Yes, it's hot in here. Uh, praise the Lord. So, you know, it's important what we're listening to. I just, I want to encourage you to put a guard on your mind. You know, I heard a story of uh, a guy... He was, I think he was on a skyscraper, and he was a good Christian guy, and um, 
he heard this voice that said, just jump off. You know, thoughts come to good people, too. Comes thoughts, stupid thoughts, I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase that. Stupid thoughts come to strong Christians and wise Christians. It comes out of the blue. You know why? Because the devil is wanting to throw stupid thoughts to you. And he said, so this thought vo voice came and said, jump off. And he goes, you jump off. I thought it was funny because he recognized that it was the, vo the voice of the enemy. You jump off. And then the thoughts come, You're a you have suicidal thoughts. I do? I have suicidal? I have, I have, you have a suicidal spirit. I have a, I do? I have a suicidal spirit? Yeah, you have more than one. I do? That's how those thoughts come. And you start entertaining those thoughts, and the biggest, biggest, biggest mistake is letting it out of your mouth. Holy moly, don't do that. You can't let those thoughts come out of your mouth. Recognize the enemy at work and say something about it. Say, I rebuke you. In G. That's where you have the binding and loosing power. I rebuke you. I bind you. You have no place in my life. Because I'm telling you, if you don't do it in the little things, it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. And that's where the fear and anxiety come in. Amen? So, we have a guide on the inside to fend off the enemy. He will give us wisdom to know how to deal with the enemy. So, I'm going to just do this. We're going to do this and we're going to close. If you would stand up. I wrote out a little confession for us. If you would stand, and we're just going to speak this. Y'all with me? Now that the air's on, <laughs> you're not falling asleep. All right, put your hand on your head. Close your eyes and just say this. In Jesus' name, I speak to my mind. Be quiet. Be at peace. Be at rest. This is my mind, and I will control it. I will think on things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report. I think on these things only, and I am kept in peace. I'll not yield to the thoughts of worry anxiety, depression, sickness, torment. I refuse, well, I refuse it in Jesus' name. <laughs> I keep my mind stayed on the Lord at all times. All right, so now put your hand on your, on your in between here, on your spirit, and say, in the name of Jesus, your soul, I speak to my soul, be still, be at rest, be quiet, be at peace. Soul, rejoice, be glad, be free, be comforted. I'll not yield to feelings of oppression or feelings of heaviness or feelings of self-doubt or feelings of self-hatred. My soul is kept in the Lord. Feelings you come in line and you submit to the word of God and the spirit of God, the life and the wholeness of God, the peace of God that passes all understanding, guards my heart and my mind in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you for this word. God, we thank you.